turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Faith Talk Live, the reason radio was invented. It was a simpler time. Here are Rick and Dan, the Faith Talk guys. Hey, look out. It's Faith Talk Live. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. Hey, we love the gang. It focuses on the family, and uh, we're uh, supercharged to talk to Nicole Hunt today. She is an attorney, writer, and spokesperson for Focus on the Family, and we're going to talk a little bit about the leak heard around the world. Nicole, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Have to make it dramatic on my end, uh, you know. It, it, you know, ever since this, what's it been about two, three weeks ago? Maybe a little more. I lose track of time, but this leak coming from uh, and talking about the uh, possible overturn of Roe versus Wade—it's uh, almost a little. It's surreal. It's a dream of of sorts because it's like mm-hmm. this has been going on for so long. Uh, th- this is this could become reality for us all, right? It very well could. I mean, it was exciting when uh, the draft came out and the chief justice authenticated it and said, yes, this is actually a draft of the majority opinion. Of course, we know that majority opinions can change and the draft is not final. So we're on, you know, sitting on edge of our seat waiting for this final court opinion to come out. It will be interesting to see if this leak has moved any justices or if it's solidified their positions, mm-hmm. well, time will tell. Yeah, it's it's been an interesting time for sure surrounding all this. Now, uh, let's let's take a, a quick step back for the, for folks who don't know anything about the Daily Citizen. Tell us about the Daily Citizen and uh, it, it kind of part of focus on the family and and what exactly you guys do there at the Daily Citizen. Oh, wonderful! Thank you. So, the Daily Citizen is a place where Christians can go to interpret the news, see what's happening live from a Christian worldview. So, I, I specifically write a lot on the life issue. I also write on parenting and marriage. Um, but we talk, we cover all the topics of the day, and what we really try to do is address these issues from a Christian point of view. As Christians, how are we supposed to be looking at what's happening in the world around us? And how can we get engaged and make a difference in our communities? Hmm. Nicole, what kind of questions are you getting? I mean, you can you, we can go the gamut. We can talk about Roe v. Wade, or we can talk about parenting or our kids. Here we are, what is this, 2022? What are, what are folks asking you, and how are you responding in your articles? Oh, sure. I mean, the life issue is so important to our readers, to anyone, a person of faith who believes that uh, what the Bible says about babies being born in the womb and that God knew them before they were even known to the world. Um, that If we believe that to be true about the Bible, then we want to live that pro-life ethic out in our lives. So that is one major issue. And really, a lot of folks want to know, OK, so if Rose overturned, um, what do, what's going to happen? What are we going to do? And so we know that if Rose overturned, 
It doesn't mean abortion becomes illegal across the country. It means that the question of abortion then turns to the states and the people through their elected representatives will have the opportunity to decide at each state what the abortion policy will be for that state. And so being involved in that discussion and being a part of the pro-life movement in individual states is really important if we're going to move the ticker on, you know, what it means to be pro-life and how to have pro-life policies at each state level. And that's one thing that is, I guess, kind of frustrating is the on the other side, the the uh, the people who are are pro-choice uh, keep presenting this as they're going to make abortion illegal. It's not good. You're not going to be able to get an abortion anywhere, blah, blah, blah. And that's just simply not the case. There's a lot of misinformation out there. Absolutely. I mean, and and disinformation, the the, the pro-abortion movement is intentionally, uh, you know, feeding lies to try to ignite their base. And they're trying to, you know, they're trying to turn abortion policy, what some states might adopt as, uh, you know, up to 20 weeks in Colorado, for instance, uh, they just passed a measure to uh, legalize abortion through through the law. So they codified it. Um, through all 40 weeks of pregnancy for any reason whatsoever. We know in California, they're trying to do something similar. In many other states, they've already done that. Mm -hmm. So the truth is, is that there's about 23 states that are still quite pro-abortion and uh, 26 states that uh, seem poised, uh, 23 for sure, and and three that are kind of on the edge. We'll see what happens. But at least 26 that they've already put laws into place because the people in those states, they value life and the laws of each state should reflect the values of the people, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm not naive, Nicole, but uh, when this all leaked out, uh, I was just taken aback by the venom. It's it's everywhere. I see it all the time. I just read uh, an article this morning. It was a story and I don't remember the stars. One of the stars, Miley Cyrus and a group of ladies, and they had this sign that said, uh, girls just want to have uh, fundamental rights and, uh, you know, a clever term for an old song from back in the eighties, but it just, it doesn't stop. It is, it's almost like, are we living in the twilight zone here? Is no one. Yes, we are. (laughs) I mean, and I, and I know that, right. But it's like, I can't believe that we're that, you know, okay, well, let's move along here. These, these, this is life. These are babies. This is not, uh, this is this is not just tissue. And I can't get past that. Uh, I mean, it just it boggles my mind. Have you ever seen it? So it's almost like somebody rattled the cage. Have you ever seen it? This uh, venomous? I mean, it, it's certainly one of the most volatile times in the last 50 years, nearly 50 years since Roe became the law of the land, that there has been such a, such a surge for the pro-life movement. And honestly, even before Dobbs was considered, I mean, as a part of the pro-life movement, you can feel the energy growing. You can feel that. And it's not, I mean, we were at the March for Life, Focus on the Family was there uh, this last January. And I can tell you the faces of the people that come to this March, they're like 30 and younger. That's what the majority of those faces are. Mm. The, pro, the, the next generation is a pro-life generation. The youth, they've grown up with science. They've seen what it what it looks to see their baby brother or baby sister, uh, the ultrasound up on the, their fridge. You know, they knew them because science has developed the way that it has. They've come to know the world and know their brothers and sisters through science and through scientific advancement. And so they know that there is life in the womb. It is not just a clump of cells. That's and 
And what's exciting is that that that's the face of the pro-life movement moving forward. They're young and they're passionate about promoting life. Hmm. Which is good. And, and honestly, somewhat surprising with as much as they're being indoctrinated in public schools on not only that, but you know, the, the gender, you know, the gender issues that we, we see so much and just sex and, and everything that they're being indoctrinated in, in the, in the public schools. I mean, I, I see this even with my own kids. Sometimes they start to question, well, is, is it really wrong? And, I, and, and we have to sit down as parents and say, look, this is what the Bible says. This is what you're hearing in school, yeah. but this is what the Bible says. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And as parents, that is our responsibility. We have to teach our children what it means to live counterculturally. And I think it starts, first of all, by living counterculturally ourselves, yeah. right? Practice what we preach. Are we willing to have hard conversations with people who might disagree with us? Um, but just to be able to talk about the issues. And, and then I think, secondly, it, it means having these conversations with our kids in a really open, candid way and talking about, you know, this is, this is what we believe. and This is why we believe it. But our culture says this is right. right. What will be our response? Why do we why do we disagree and have that dialogue back and forth? So when they're when they're with their friends and they're getting those hard questions from their friends, well, they've already had the conversation with their parents and their parents have already helped them understand what is our worldview, what is our ethic, and how does that inform the way that we live out our life and how we can be an influence to the people around us. Mm-hmm. So good. Nicole Hunt from Focus on the Family, a writer and spokesperson there, also uh, an attorney. Uh, what are you working on uh, next, Nicole? What 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 articles? So uh, I'm working a lot on kind of what the next both the next battles are uh, if Roe is overturned. For yeah. instance, what kind of legal battles might we see? Uh, where might the loopholes be where the pro-abortion movement is trying to uh, still push their agenda into states that have said we don't want to have uh, abortion facilities here? Uh, one area that we've seen that start to develop is um, the telemed abortions where people can order their abortion drugs through the mail. They have an online visit with a doctor. They order their meds through the mail and they're able to circumvent some of the state laws. And so what are states doing to try to combat that? How might they be fighting back legally to uh, to have the, the spirit of their law preserved and not have a loophole? I think another loophole we heard of recently was tribal reservations. If they decided to get into the abortion business, um, you know, do they have they don't necessarily have to follow the laws of the state. Wow. So how might they try to, you know, use that as a, how might the abortion industry use reservations as a loophole to try to continue providing abortions? So we're looking ahead to see kind of where this pro-life movement might be moving and, and how we can be a part of informing uh, the pro-life, uh, pro-life members on how to be engaged. And wow. real quick, I see a, a story that you wrote recently, and, and this caught my eye because uh, I'm going to be a grandfather here in a couple of months. The major breakthrough in SIDS research, which is amazing to give us the like, like the brief little synopsis of that. So yeah. we're go see that. Yeah, I'd be happy to. I know as a mother, I'm a mother to four kids. They're all middle, like middle age now, school age. But uh, I know when my babies were little, it was one of the things that I you know, kept me praying every single night as I put them to bed was Lord, please protect them from anything spiritually or physically evil. Um, and in my mind, I was thinking of SIDS yeah. uh, as one of those things. Uh, but yes, it's a, it's a groundbreaking research that's come out of Australia. And the woman who headed up the effort, she actually 
lost a child to uh, to SIDS when he was you know less than two years old, and it's really been her motivation to uh, she changed career paths and devoted all of her time and energy into SIDS research. And so, what they what the doctors have always known is that there was some some trigger that was not taking place. And for some kids, the ones who ended up dying of SIDS, that when their breathing became difficult, traditionally, there's a trigger that sends a message to your brain, and then your brain kind of wake, causes you to wake up. And so then you can catch your breath, and then you go back to sleep. Well, in these kids with SIDS, they, they thought that there, there just must be some breakdown between the message being sent to the brain and then the brain actually activating and waking the baby up. And so what this researcher discovered was that um, there is this enzyme, and for for babies who died of SIDS, the levels of this enzyme were significantly lower than uh, babies who, who survived, who didn't die from SIDS, and they, they found this in blood samples. And so what they believe is that this enzyme might be the enzyme that actually sends that message to the brain to trigger it to wake up. <laughs> and now they, they'll be spending some more time doing research on this, but they're very excited. It's kind of the first major development and something that really a blood test when a baby is a newborn could indicate this child is prone to wow. uh, SIDS. And so then the question would be, you know, how can they develop, can they develop some kind of a, a a medical device or a shot or something like that that can boost that enzyme level to allow that child to be able to sleep through the night without uh, without falling asleep wow. without not breathing. What wow! Great, great that's research. A, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, all my sons are are men now, but I remember, uh, especially the first one, sneaking in and checking night after night to make sure he was breathing. I yeah. I was af- I was afraid because yeah. I had I, you know. Thank God. That's amazing. Well, thank you for what you do. Nicole, we appreciate you. We'd like to catch up with you again. Uh, follower and reader stuff, dailycitizen.focusonthefamily.com. we got to take a break. We will be right back. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. This is Make Talk Live. 